Hey, tonight we're talking adoption again in our second installment with our good friend, Darren Schrock. You're listening to the Dudes and Dads podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMont and Andy Lehman. You know, I am Andy Lehman, and I'm here tonight with my friend and co-host, Joel DeMott, the man who single solo solo, flew, solo flew a plane yep. and then jumped out with a parachute. Well, You didn't know that, but it happened. I blocked that out of my... Andy's been working on... We're all working on uh, yeah, false things to say about each other in our intros. Um, the fact that you make me sound like a psychopath really... <laughs> I, I do what I can. Try to solve the issue. I do. Andy, um, hey, hi. Welcome back. Good to see you. Yeah, you too, man. Um, so here's the deal. We're, we've decided to do uh, two episodes that are... Uh, we're getting fancy over here at the Dudes and Dads podcast where we're actually... Uh, we have themes. We have a theme that we have followed. And by theme, I mean for two episodes. So baby that's steps. A, that's fair. Baby steps. Uh, we want to talk about uh, just continuing on our conversation with uh, about adoption. About uh, oh, I, I don't know. If I want to say all things adoption because I don't feel like I'm nearly well versed enough to say to talk about all things adoption. But we want to get people on here that know something about adoption, who've been through the process, who are adoptive parents. And so last uh, last episode, we obviously had our good friend Travis Miller and everything he talked about. If you haven't caught that episode. Let me just say, I don't want to toot our own horn, but it was it was pretty darn good, Andy. It was, it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I yes, I take zero. It's Travis's story. I don't. We just ask questions, you know. We, yeah, you know, we just listen, right? We just listen. That's, I mean, really, why are we even doing this podcast, Andy? It's basically we should just bring in people into a room, have them sitting down in front of a microphone, and, and just we'll tell leave. their tell yeah. their story. Um, so uh, Travis brought a particular perspective and experience about adoption, and uh, our friend. Darren Schrock, who see the, th- the thing is, uh, Andy, I have to say, I have these weird experiences and I'm going to see if Darren feels the same way. Darren and I grew up together. We're, we're young lads together, played baseball together. Uh, and then you, you, but you capture each other at these older times and like, like these earlier times in life. Right. And then you meet people again when we're like adults and have, mortgages and children and you're like <laughs> lots of change since there's then. just so there's so much change so before i go on to this experience that i that i have with all of this first just want to say darren shock welcome to the show good to have you here thank you it's great to be i'm flattered yeah 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 you should be because it's pretty special up here <laughs> i'm part of a theme now <laughs> yep you're right you're a thematic guest which, uh, yeah. which i don't even know if you've ever done that before um darren do you if you had okay so have you had the experience of people you went to school with, grew up with, you're younger, haven't seen them for a while, and then you run into them inevitably out in public or yeah. or somewhere? Yeah. And you, I struggle because it's like I have that person locked in at 18 years old, and now they're 38, and a lot has a lot has changed. Um, Darren and I actually have a mutual it would, would it somebody we would know mutually that i had this experience with several years ago uh, our friend uh kyle cook so oh, yeah. right yeah. so kyle had been off out east i was living in south bend for years run into kyle again the first thing kyle says to me this i'm not even kidding i'm not even yeah. kidding he goes <laughs> i run into him and and before i can even get a word out we haven't seen each other for years he goes i just want to say 
I'm sorry. That's the first. That's the first thing I was, and I'm like, and you're like, did we what? did we leave leave on a, on bad terms? Do yeah. I, am I not remembering? It was probably warranted. Yeah, it was, so. but it seems it seems appropriate. And and uh, jokes on us. Kyle's a pastor too now, so we've all we've all turned our lives over. Uh, things have things have happened, but uh, Shoot. yeah, it's this is a little bit of a reunion for us. Uh, and uh, Darren Darren does many things, which we're going to get into. But uh, I also I graduated high school with Darren's uh, wife Jolene, who we're going to be talking about some. Um, who is a well, she's a force to be reckoned with. That's all I've that's right. all I've got to say. And Darren and I'm sure again Darren's going to have to explain what I mean by that. But Darren, we want to talk about two things tonight. Uh, number one is uh, you've got just first of all, you're going to see it on the Facebook post when we post Darren's family recent family photo that's been up. It's the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. I've ever seen. His, his children, it it's disturbing how just how beautiful they are. I, I don't I don't know if I can uh, I don't want to go over the top here, but it, it's it's pretty great. Four wonderful kids, your wonderful wife, but you've been on this. Uh, the way your family has come together is through this adoption story, and uh, so we want to talk about adoption, what that's meant for your family and for your marriage. Um, and then we're also going to talk about the organization you and your wife lead with a with a whole team of people in various uh, various roles. Um, we're going to get into that uh, the second half here. But first of all, as we like to say, give us the dad stats. Tell us about your wife, how long y'all been married, who your kids are, ages, all that good stuff. Yeah, thank you for that. That's really kind of you to say. It's one of the nice things about being an adoptive parent is you can you can brag about your kids and how beautiful they are. And it doesn't sound like you're talking That's about right. yourself. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, I, I, I brag about how beautiful those kids are all the time and, uh, and, and can't take credit for it really other than, uh, other than maybe some of the joy behind the smiles, but yep. yeah. So I, uh, you know, I met Jolene in high school. We were 15 and 16 years old and we met and uh, we've been together for over 20 years now. And, but we've been married for 16 years. Yep. And uh, it just keeps getting better. She's, you're right. She's a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> uh, I, I usually am introduced uh, when people find out who I am. Like, oh, you're Jolene's husband. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I am. I, I'm Guilty fine with that. Charged. I, that's I really right. am. That's she, good. she's an amazing woman, and uh, I'm one of the biggest reasons I'm proud of her is because she keeps improving herself over 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 the years. I mean, I did most of her homework. Her senior year. <laughs> that seems and, right to me. And, no offense, Jolene. That seems right to me. And she ended up our our last adoption. She pretty much did the entire adoption. And so, uh, yeah, she's amazing, and and I love her very much. So, uh, but I have four kids. Uh, they're six, ten, ten, and twelve, and uh, they're all adopted from Ethiopia. The first one came home in two thousand nine. Claire came home in two thousand nine. Ben and Stella came home in 2011, and then Leo came home uh, right in between 16 and 17, right over the new year, but 2017 was when he officially came home. Uh, so they've been a joy uh, to be a part of their lives, and it's a privilege to to be their parents and and to to really have them as, really, they are the ones who gave us our family, right? Sure. Um, so it's been, it's been a real joy. So let's, let's step back a little bit. You, and talk a little bit about how you came to that decision to adopt. What what led you guys to that? Yeah, man, it's, you know, it, it was through a lot of pain, to be quite honest. Okay. And, and and that's where a lot of adoption stories start. But uh, we were, we were st- starting a family uh, my last year of law school. And that was when um, 
we went through the miscarriage uh, was during during that last year of law school, and from that point on, uh, we were going through we were struggling to get pregnant again, and and going through fr- fertility treatments, and really got to the end of our rope as far as. Um, the non-invasive mm-hmm. treatments. And so we decided we were right there at the in vitro uh, decision. And and throughout that time, um, and those of you, you know, I'm sure your listeners have experienced this where it's month after month after month of disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. And this was a dream of Jolene's for since she was a little girl mm-hmm. to be a mom. And so you're going through that disappointment. It's wearing you down. And she got to the point where it was, it was a, a real depressed state. And, um, but, you know, as we were going through that, that period, um, she had a night, probably the lowest night that we had. Um, and I was at that time, I was, going through law school, studying for the bar exam. I, sure. I wasn't exactly in, yeah. I mean, I was in <laughs> yeah. tune with what was going yeah. on, but I had other things going on too. Um, and, and it was a, a night that I'll never forget because she woke up the next day, just a completely different person. But yeah. the, over, over the, she was woken up in the middle of the night and really felt like um, she, she felt that she didn't have to give birth to a child to be a mother. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we had, we knew we were going to have nieces. We had nieces and nephews at the time. We thought, well, maybe that's what that means. Um, and, uh, but it was just a, a, a like a, fl- a switch was flipped. Yep. And so we got up, uh, I believe it was the next day we went, we went to church for the first time in quite a while. I mean, mm-hmm. we were having a really rough go with things. And so we went to church the next day. And then, and that day was the day that Carl and Danielle Black were leaving to go to Ethiopia to pick up their daughter. And she looked over at me and she said, I, th- I think we need to consider doing this. And I said, okay. Uh, <laughs> at that point, you know, yeah, you're, right. you're, you're, you, everything that you feel like uh, your expectations for life at that point have been slowly worn down and worn off. Mm. And, and really at that point we were to the, to a place where we were open to that. And, and, and thankfully so, because if we had just decided to do this at some point, it would have been a different story, but really going through that pain, going through that breakdown of what we thought our family had to look like uh, led us to the, to the point where adoption was just a, yeah, of course. And I mean, obviously, so, uh, you know, Darren has humbly mentioned this, uh, you know, going to law school, you were at Michigan state, correct? Uh, Cooley law school Cooley Law school. in, in Lansing. Yeah. Though, in Lansing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Yep. Um, which again, Lansing guys, I don't, I don't, people, people act like I know anything about Lansing. And as you know, I'm super West Michigan elitist. Like if it's not 30 minutes from the lake, I don't, I don't know anything about the place. <laughs> we had a family wedding that was in Lansing a few years ago and people are like asking me about the area, or whatever. I'm like, you, I, I know not Grand Rapids to the lake. That's all I, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't talk to me about whatever, <laughs> but, um, I digress. Uh, for you guys at that point, I mean, before this, this adoption decision, I mean, obviously you'd make some intentional decisions about your further education and like the direction that you were going. Mm -hmm. How did this, how did this fit? Like, was there a a direction that you cut? Was there any pause buttons that you had to hit or anything like that? It, it, it didn't fit very well with what we thought our life was going to look like. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I was going to go to law school. I was, I did well in law school. I graduated fifth in my class. I, um, 
you know, if it wasn't for graduating in 09, I probably would have had a lot of decent <laughs> yeah. offers. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, this was, you know, this was the start of that career and that that life. And um, so, you know, we it, it kind of hit pause on our picture of what life was going to look like for us. It didn't really pause. I, I continued to practice law, you know, and, and put together a career. But at the same time, we're just setting off to Ethiopia and seeing things that completely changed our lives mm-hmm. and and changed our values. We sold everything <laughs> for our first adoption. You know, you, you come up with $27,000 in cash. That's, that's a difficult thing to do when you're you know, up to your neck in, in student loans and, yep. and starting off new in a career. And, um, and, and so you, yeah, you sell everything, which changes how you feel about your things, your relationship mm-hmm. to your things. Um, I sold a, a beloved canoe and I felt, here's the, here's the kicker. I felt zero remorse about it. Yep. I couldn't wait to get rid of it because I Ooh. knew where that money was mm-hmm. going. Yep. And, and so, and I knew, you know, where we were going with it. And so that, it was a real shift in our whole paradigm of, of what life was going to look like for us. But it was, it was welcomed at that point. I, you know, it wasn't a loss to us. It was just, okay, this is where life is going. And it, with a lot of gratitude at the same time. So coming on the, coming on the heels of um, the first adoption, I, I mean, how does one, go from one adoption, which can be exhausting in and of itself. Just, just one. And then you're like, Hey, I know do this again. Let's do it again and again and again. What, what did that look like for you guys? Well, it, it really, it, first of all, our, our first adoption went extremely quickly. So started in March, ended in August, oh, wow. came home in that, August, which yeah. is unheard of. Yep. And part of that was because we were one of the first ones at that agency to adopt an infant. And, just to back up a little bit, this because this needs to be told. But when Jolene miscarried, it would have been in you know beginning of two thousand eight, March of two thousand eight. Claire, our, our, the first child that came home, if her birth date is fairly accurate, which is in December of '08, she would have been conceived likely mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the time that our gotcha. that we had wow. our. Yep our miscarriage. And so just the timing of everything and, and it, it, it just came together so well. And, and we had such a great experience that um, now I will blame this on Jolene because <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we ended up going out to Claire's village and, and seeing where she was from. Cause we wanted to experience that it was about four hours outside. Uh, and we visited the village, visited where she was at. And there were children there obviously that were looking for parents um, and you see that and, and immediately we, I mean, we, we both kind of looked at each other. It didn't need to be said that, you know, this was how we were going to build our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this wasn't going to be the last time we were going to be in Ethiopia. And I, I said, you know, let's give it, you know, a, a, maybe a year and we'll come back. And, um, and then six months later we had signed up for another day. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I've, I've, uh, you know, that's, I, I blame Jolene, but I, I definitely was, um, she's, she's the cheerleader. She was the cheerleader in high school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's the, she's the one that's, that says, you know, we'll figure that this out as we go. We'll build the plane as, you know, as we're yeah, flying. So, yeah. um, I, I've just enjoyed the ride. It's been awesome. So it's good. Yeah. So you, so you're in your second adoption and then, I mean, 
did you guys have a number in mind? Were you, were you like, <laughs> like, like Andy and I have had the, con- we, we know what the conversation sto- sounds like, you know, with, with biological kids of, you know, I came from me and my younger brother. My wife is the three of four girls. And so for us, it was like, for me, it was like, Oh, three kids. That'll be our compromise right in the middle. Right. We end up having four, uh, <laughs> you know, um, we, we have these discussions about what we think is going to, and uh, I came from a family of two and now we have five. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. Right. Jokes on you. Wow. So yeah. did uh, like, was it literally just after once one happened and was in place and then you like, what was your, how long does it take before you uh, consider the next the next <laughs> one? Like, how, I mean, what was the, the talk around that? So Jolene came from, I came from a family of three boys. And uh, Jolene came from a, a family of four with two boys and two girls. And so, um, you know, I, I always felt like we would probably have a fairly large family because of that. And, and really at that time, we ended up adopting our two middle children at the same time. Mm-hmm. And part of that was because Ethiopia had shifted and had started looking at, at, at shutting down adoptions. Oh, okay. And so we were told by the adoption agency that, hey, you know, if you're going to build your family with adoption and you want more than two children, you should probably, you know, jump in here and, and really do what you can now because we're not sure how long this is going to be open. We're not sure what's going to happen. So that was a catalyst, excuse me, a catalyst to that. But yeah, it was, um, I'm in the end, I'm, I'm really glad we did. Uh, now coming home with three children in, in diapers and (laughs) two with formula, that was a whole, to go from zero to three in about 18 months was, was quite a trip. And, um, especially because we had a little bit of, we had a much more different, a, a much different emotional experience with, with, uh, one of them that came home, um, on the second go round. But yeah, it, it, that was, that was largely, and then we were going to wait until the older ones were in school. And then we were going to go back and look again to see what adoption looked like at that point. So to kind of round out our family. Yes. Now that sounds, <laughs> it sounds, <laughs> that's one of the weird things about adoption is you actually, you have to make that decision and they actually ask you, you know, are you, do you want a healthy boy or do you want a healthy girl? And you're thinking, man, well, do I, I mean, what does this look like? Yeah. Um, but, you know, we looked at it as, you know, you, if, if you were going to have a child biologically, you would choose to have a child that's healthy or, or you would, you know, if that's where your heart's leading is to a child with special needs, that's that's a different story. We weren't prepared to do that, um, and so we didn't feel like that was our place. Um, so that that's you know that's mm-hmm. where we landed. But yep. that's that's really how we came to determine what we were going to do, <laughs> flying by the seat of our pants as usual. But yeah, that was that was how it came about. So, in the midst of all of this, um, I think, you know how you guys are you're investing emotional mental spiritual energy into these kids who have um and this will be my follow-up question i mean the needs that they have as as being adoptive uh, kids your energies are going into there what does it look like for you guys for you and your wife to be healthy together as far as like the marriage was concerned what what were some things that um Maybe things that went well, maybe things that didn't go well. <laughs> yeah, it's so it, I think, you know, we really grew up together. Uh, I mean, obviously, we met when we were 15 and 16. Yeah. I, we, we spent at that point, 
you know, you, you go through those, those life changes, those challenges together, it really solidifies you in that, you know, one, you've grown up together Two, you've, you've seen the same things. You, you're, you're kind of on it. You're at that point, you're on a team yeah. mm-hmm. and, yeah. and really, um, it, it's, it, you can't go through something that difficult and then have those highs and lows without really creating a bond that, um, I don't. I know we wouldn't have that had we sure. not gone through that. So, um, where it gets where it gets difficult is you don't know what you're going to face with adopted children moving mm-hmm. forward. You, you know that they have trauma. Mm-hmm. You don't know how they're going to handle it in in any particular situation or at any particular stage in life. Sure. And sometimes, um, you to be quite transparent. There's times where you're not sure whether. It's attention seeking with the trauma, you know, and, and things like that. Or is this is this truly right. something that's happening? And um, and so there's times where where there's can be there can be some push pull. I'm a little bit more of um, I, I don't I don't like to have the wool pulled over my eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I tend to be a little more uh, rub some well, dirt, rub yeah, some dirt exactly. on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. But there's obviously I'm, I'm I understand the trauma. I under, you know and and. Usually these things come up right at bedtime, right? You know, sure. and you're trying sure. to <laughs> sure. yep. of course. Try to work through that. But so that's really where you, you have to have a lot of patience, a lot of grace for each other because not only are our children going to handle it differently, but she and I are going to handle it differently sure. and view it differently. So 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 at this point in the, in your story, you have three kids. What made you have that decision to to adopt the fourth child and, and tell us like what timeline what because there was some a yeah, decent there's time in between there. Decent gap. And I even remember this now as it was happening. It was yeah. like it was like, oh, number four. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we were uh overwhelmed with the first three, I'd say. <laughs> uh <laughs> to put it politely. But uh and so that slowed us down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh and and so that we always knew we wanted we wanted for two boys, two girls, and so we that slowed us down somewhat, but Ethiopia also did shut down in the meantime. Okay. And so we had actually started the process to adopt from Burundi. And in the meantime, Ethiopia opened back up. And that was when we went back. And we actually, so in the process of taking trips with Awaken Alive to Ethiopia, uh, we had dropped off, there's a Catholic orphanage there. Uh, and we had dropped off some formula, some diapers, things like that, just to help them out. And um, amazingly, the, the the boy that we ended up adopting, Leo, was transferred to that orphan. We had no idea that oh, this wow. would happen. So he was wow. transferred there from Adama to to the capital city to this particular orphanage. Wow! And so it's just little things like that 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 came together so well and and amazingly. And um, so yeah, we wanted to round out our family. We wanted we knew. Uh, we wanted to have four. We knew we wanted to, and Ben was dying for to have a brother, and that's understandable. And so, um, yeah, we we knew it was time when they were back in school, and and it just felt like the right thing at that yeah. point. So, yeah, he's again stinking cute as all get out. I never, <laughs> I mean, I see like I see Ben in particular, and I go like I could not say no to that child. <laughs> like that's how, and I'm you're the parent, right? I just as the outside, I'm like. I'm like, and that smile, and I'd be, I'd be done for. Um, so when I mean, so the tra- the trauma piece, as you as you talked about, um, don't know when it's going to show up, how it's going to show up. Wh- what is it? What has it been like, just in terms of um, uh, 
creating support structures, I guess, for your family and for your kids. What does that, what does that look like? Yeah, that it's looked like reaching out to, to professionals. Uh, it's looked like, um, play therapy. It's looked like, um, a lot of late nights (laughs) Mm -hmm. talking through hearing, hearing them out. Yeah. Um, because it, it, it hits at different times. Like it'll come out of the blue Mm -hmm. and, um, and every one of them has, has handled it differently. And so, uh, yeah, it's, you know, we've, we've had, we've utilized play therapy. Uh, we've utilized, um, now we're on to a little more advanced where it's, it's regular therapy. Um, it's, understanding it's it's talking to an adoption community it's it's talking with others who have adopted uh thankfully we keep pretty good track of each other uh you go through the process you're in country with others who have done it you know with technology we can have friends across Mm -hmm. anywhere and really and and stay in touch and that's that's really been a huge um support mechanism for us but um it's it's being humble enough to recognize that i i don't know what i'm doing here Uh, i'm in over my head and and recognizing that this is not, as a father, it's tempting to want to solve that, and it'll never be solved. And and you you have to come to terms with that and do the best you can, but at the same time recognize that um, I, I'm not going to be the one who's going to solve this, and I'm not. I may not even be the one who does what's best for them uh, outside of a professional setting. Yeah. Um, and so it, it coming to coming to peace with that is, is, can be difficult. And sometimes, you know, it ebbs and flows. Some days it's easier than it is sure. with others, but, but that's, that's largely been, and thankfully adoption is much more normalized now than mm-hmm. it has been in the past. And so we're grateful for those who have gone ahead of us yeah. who yeah. have really brought that to the forefront and made that a, a normal process. So, so as you've been uh, a dad, what is one thing that you, or several things that you've learned about yourself the parenting process oh man i can be such a hypocrite oh gosh i you know i a great example i am on my my kids constantly about screen time and and how much they're they're on ipods or whatever it is and then i'll get a ding on sunday that my screen time's up 30 percent. you know like, yeah. oh gosh so you know i you do you it's funny how uh, i get a tap on my shoulder Whenever I find something about a child that's that's you know I feel like hey you need to you need to get this under control you need to figure this out we need to get this <laughs> in a better place mm-hmm. it's usually something that I'm also struggling mm-hmm. with and so I, I you learn to take a step back and really look at that but uh, but yeah man I can be such a <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just seems to me that as my my own kids get older like uh, they are more and more aware of my own hypocrisy and are. <laughs> Are the God bless them, uh, very willing to point it out, to, very, yeah. very there's, willing there's to bring no that to my back. attention. That's right, yeah, no holding back. Hey, hey, dad, remember when you did, yeah, uh huh, <laughs> thank you, thank you, child. Uh, <laughs> go back to your screen now, um, <laughs> yeah, and and obviously, the screen time thing, and in, in just in itself, like this past year has just been, yeah, the worst for Challenge. it, yeah. Uh, this more this, this morning, my kid, when my kids hear this episode, they'll be like, uh. So this morning, Jackie is on her phone early before the kids get up, uh, putting uh, putting online timers on every one of their their iPod through our through our network, or whatever, uh-huh. and like cut it back significantly, <laughs> significantly, and did not 
we were going to tell them today, like once they got home or whatever. Well, the thing is, they got up early this morning, so they were on their they were on their tablets like early, whatever. They know they're just burning their time. Like they they were like they're not going to have they're going to get home. I know that's what happened. They got home and they're because oh because Aaron, my eldest, my eleven year old, calls uh-huh. me like Dad. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> they're not connecting. It's not, I think something's wrong, and I just wanted to be like, oh, that's that's strange. We'll have to. <laughs> I'll talk to mom a, about that. I have to take a look at that when we get back. To, yeah, talk to mom. Yeah, Tim, yes. <laughs> Jackie, by the way, uh, she is getting, uh, I think she's actually going to get one for Julie, too. Uh, shirt says, ask your father on it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we're in, we're nice. in trouble. We're in trouble. Um, so, you know, n- not because you guys were just, uh, uh, you just weren't satisfied with one adventure. You, 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 you could have just said, hey, the kids, we've learned so much. We've grown so much together. Our perspective has changed. Our, you know, uh, just the enti- our, our entire world, it's a brand new day at the Schrock household after all of this. Man, way to, way to go, team. Let's walk off into the sunset uh, with, our, with our family. You said, you said no. You said, <laughs> I have an idea. Let's start a not-for-profit and uh, and not only just not I was going to say like not just some run of the mill uh, not for profit like a puppy adoption agency or something like that <laughs> no no um, awaken alive came along in in this in this process and and I and forgive me I, dur- during the during the adoption I'm just trying to remember the timeline you can fill me in what what was the timeline uh, well first of all. Tell us about Awaken Alive. Yeah, because Darren's Darren's the CEO, and what what official title does your wife have in this? Co CEO. She. Uh, yeah. She. So she's a co founder. Co founder. A uh, board member emeritus or emeritus emeritus emeritus. However you want to pronounce it. Emeritus. Heard, sure. But, sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so yeah, they're permanent bo- a permanent board member in perpetuity. In There's another perpetuity, one. There's another yes, one for you. Unless she really messes up. <laughs> <laughs> embezzlement something like, something like that. no um so so you guys have this role at awaken alive as you have started this tell us about the organization tell us about where in your you know adoption process and all this like how because i'm this thing was birthed out of out of that so. yeah yeah I, I, it's it's really it's been almost actually it has been 10 years since 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 the first conversation and and that's incredible but it's uh, yeah it's obviously a nonprofit it it started when we went back um, to to adopt ben, ben and Stella our, our middle two children and um, we were we had noticed that there were a lot of kids we were in the in the capital city we noticed there was a lot of kids in the street running around during school hours and we're like you know what what's going on with this why is this happening and so through a mutual connection with the adoption agency, we ran into a gentleman who had started, it was like a boys and girls club um, in the capital, in the Kachene area. And so uh, we went and visited, just said, hey, you know, let's go check it out, see what they've got going on there. Because it, it really felt like this country had given so much to us and and we saw so much there and we we really fell in love with the country and the area and so we wanted to see what else was out there for us to do. And, and so we met, met this gentleman, saw what they were doing there, and it was phenomenal. We walked in the doors. These kids were, um, they were learning. They were, they were, they had a different uh, look of hope 
in them than the children that we saw on the street. And it, it, they were doing things the right way. They were equipping mm-hmm. these kids to go out and change their own, their families, their communities. And, and we said, you know, how, how do we, how do we become a part of this? What else do you want to do here? <laughs> let's, mm-hmm. let's sit down and hash this out and, yep. and figure out what we can do. And, uh, and really Jolene and, and Danielle Black at the time, um, really grabbed it by the horns and took off with it from there. And, and at that time they had the after school program. They said, really kids are jumping into the public school system and they're, they have no prep for that whatsoever. So even if they do have the ability to get into the school system, which was difficult, they weren't prepped for it at all. So they needed a kindergarten academy. And that's really where we said, okay, you know, you, they were a standalone nonprofit and still are. Um, they're an, an Ethiopian nonprofit. We don't have any influence over their board. We do grant funding to them. So this is their this this is their academy. This is their you know their program. And so, um, so we said, you know what? We'll find the money. You, you have the dream. We'll figure out how to get the money to you and make it happen. And so, we needed to raise forty four thousand dollars the first year and. You know, it took a lot of, it took a garage sale again, <laughs> whatever stuff we had after the yes. adoption was sold again. Yes. Uh, <laughs> You're really so, pursuing this yeah, minimalist lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, minimalism became, it was really out of necessity. Yes, right. right. <laughs> so, so yeah, so they, you know, the, these women did a fantastic job of, of tugging on heartstrings and, and calling attention to what was going on there. What was possible with $44,000 to send 35 kids to school for a year for $44,000 incredible yeah mm-hmm. and so uh so that you know we ended up raising a little over that and and starting from there and we welcomed you know they welcomed 35 kids to, this, to the academy and now there's over 200 kids that are a part of this wow. and um you know that we still they still have the academy that's they do three years of kindergarten there which i'm not so sure we shouldn't do that here <laughs> <laughs> has its merits it has its yeah. merits yeah. so they so there's three years of kindergarten in the academy itself uh and then there's a tutorial program where they go to the public school but then they have tutoring that can have similar to a boys and girls club type setting um and these kids are what's remarkable is to see them come in you know at, at four years old just meek and mild and and just not sure what's going to happen. And then you come back later at the end of the year and they're all over you and they're excited and their parents are proud and they have this hope that's just emanating from them. And that's, that's really what it's all about. And, 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 you know, obviously we're, 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 we're a part of it in the sense that, you know, we, we feel like we're, we're helping to provide that, but these these people on the ground in Ethiopia are doing amazing things for these kids, and and it's been just remarkable to be a part of. Awake and alive. Where does the name come from? You know, I think it it really. I remember the conversation. Actually, it was in it was in Carl and Danielle's living room, uh, and it, it really was about you know this part of the capital. It's it's one of the poorer parts of the capital, and what we found was that. It, that a lot of people, even Ethiopians, would tell us, well, "Why are you going to Kitchen? There's nothing there." Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. and a lot of times people would avoid it because they felt like, you know, if if they made eye contact with people from this area, there was there was this rumor of a curse that would happen. Sure. You know, if you made eye contact, and so it was really about awakening and creating a you know an awakening and a, and and a a livelihood in yeah. this area, and so it, it just made sense. That, that that's what we were trying to do uh, and trying to give hope and and really awakening and 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 a l- more life to the area 
so that was that's really where that was born from so 10 10 years in yeah. from 35 kids to over 200 right um and and again with with what 2020 handed to us what how <laughs> how is that that's the i mean i just wonder about organizations such as your as your guys's how you've navigated uh these these recent realities yeah you know they they don't have unemployment in ethiopia um you know, so if, if they run into something like this, they're very much, there's no safety nets. Um, and so really when we, when this came through, our first concern was what are we going to, so there's 30 people on staff, you know, at, in this organization. And so, um, again, that's not our staff, that's, that's, right. that's theirs, but we still feel responsible right. to provide mm-hmm. the funding for right. them. So you know, we were able to, thankfully, we were able to to do a COVID relief type of uh, of fundraiser and and keep them employed, keep them um, um, keep their wages going throughout that entire time. And, and we feel really grateful that we were able to do that. People responded here so well, and and we're really grateful for that. Not only did we do, were we able to do that, we were also able to to provide extra food stipends. Most of the families get food stipends anyways, just because nutrition's an important part of that education component. And so, you know, we were able to provide extra food stipends as well. And, and really, you know, whatever, we had somewhat of a rainy day fund that we were waiting for something, you know, like this to happen. Not, not, not this, but something, right. something, right. Happened, something, right? something. So, um, and so we just, we just pulled out all the stops and said, you know what, whatever you need, um, we'll, we'll figure it out. And really, it was one of those moments where you you have to, it's an emergency. You have to help now. If you're not, you know, if any time you're going to help, it has to be now. So, yeah, it, we were just grateful that we could pull through for them. How many times, because I, I, you take uh, small teams of people down there periodically. Obviously, I'm, that has not happened in the last uh, yeah. year. Um, tell me about... Uh, I guess just in general, like how people have partnered with you guys. I mean, obviously you're doing fundraising efforts. You do, you do the galas, you do, you know, there's, there's other, uh, other things. So there's fundraising, but then there's other kind of hand, like boots on the ground or, or kind of these experiential things. Mm-hmm. Tell me the different ways in which people kind of engage with, with your organization that way. Yeah. We normally do take trips. We try to take one a year okay. and that is uh, twofold. One, it's to, um, sometimes, well, let me back up one way to financially help is to have, is to sponsor a child for $44 a month. Um, and that's, we ask for a two year commitment on that. Most people we've had some sponsors that have been with their children for nine years, wow. uh, yep. and we're really grateful for them. And, and so that's one way to do it. And we've had sponsors go over with us and, and get to meet that child. And it's, that's a really, really neat experience. Um, so we do that. We also, you know, we try to teach English lessons or do different things with the kids and really just spend time with the kids, spend time with the parents too. Um, you know, that's, that's a really neat connection as well. But, um, one way is travel, which we're not sure when that's going to happen. Uh, you know, it's on hold for now, obviously, but, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that cause that is a lot of fun. Um, but the other way, like I said, it was, uh, you know, the, um, sponsorship $44 a month. We still have nine children left uh, for the most recent class that came in. Um, every year we move, we shift the kids older, you know, up one grade mm-hmm. and we, we welcome, you know, 20 or 30 more kids. And yeah. so far we have nine more that need to be sponsored. And so uh, they're available. Uh, we usually do um, our biggest f- um, 
fundraising event of the year is, is the Hope Gala. And normally that's in March. Uh, and, and this year, you know, we start planning it for that in October, November, and, and we had a huge spike at that point. So we yep. said, eh, I think we're yep. going to take, I think we're going to take a year off or not a year off. We're going to take our time mm-hmm. on this. Um, and, and really, uh, as we really like the in-person events. And so we, we really didn't want to pull the trigger on, um, on a, on a, on an online event. So we're going to push that looks like to September at some point. Um, and, and really hope to be able to do that in person again, it, cause it's not just about, it is about the fundraising, but it's also about creating a community of people yep. that are, that are together in this and, and, and have been going for years. Yes. Where, and virtual is just not the same. It's not the same. No, it's, and it's, and the galas, the galas are good. You guys put on a good gala. It's fun. It's a good time. It's a lot of fun. I get to have a high school reunion whenever I, <laughs> whenever I go. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's, it is just, uh, the experience and and i think in a day in, in a day and time in which and, and obviously and darren i'm sure you guys are aware of this just the the idea we, we want to believe that all all these non-for-profits are just are these squeaky clean organizations and they're <laughs> they're operating efficient efficiently and the stewardship is there in, in a in a mm-hmm. good sort of way um but then you know on occasion we find on occasion we find out it's like oh you know it's like well 70% of our budget goes to marketing you know and 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 things like this yeah. one thing i have to say what i've been just amazingly impressed with your guys's organization is that um the way you in the way in which you handle the resources i mean there's great yeah. transparency there and there's just a very clear mission in place um you know Darren is not living in a mansion. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> no. there, there is not, uh, there's not the private shock jet <laughs> waiting way down the road. Um, you, it is, I, my perception is just quite honestly, is that people are absolutely in this for a hundred percent, the right reason. Their heart is in the the right place to serve, mm-hmm. um, these kids and these families, uh, in, in Ethiopia. And it's just, uh, it's a really refresh. It's just a refreshing, uh, refreshing thing. Um, do you guys ever have the feeling like like I mean, what's next for Awaken, Awaken Alive? Do you, yeah. do you just do you just keep on build more kids and more kids and more kids, or like how <laughs> how do you think about that? If you don't mind, I I, I do want to speak to yeah, the, to yeah the please cause. It, please. Everybody's volunteer at this point. Yeah. So I am uh, Jolene and Danielle are the board is uh, we we have tried bringing on employees here and there uh, in a part time fashion and it it, it it's um. For whatever reason, it's just it hasn't worked out for us with employment. But yep. um, we last time I I looked with our we have a volunteer bookkeeper. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, last time I talked to him with the underwriting of the gala, mm-hmm. which we we do have a very generous donor who underwrites the gala every year. With the underwriting of the gala, if you take that out, uh, we're looking at roughly three to five percent in in costs, um, and that's in you know, yep. printing, yep. Um, copy paper, on. <laughs> yeah, copy yep. paper right. yep. maybe some Facebook ads. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you, when you really have a heart for it, it's, it's really easy to just say, you know, I, I don't need anything from this. I mean, right. this mm-hmm. is, this is, this is one more kid. This is one right. more, um, you know, one more raise for somebody or right. something similar. So, so yeah, we, we are very conscious of that. We want to do that, you know, a service to our donors and, and to these kids, you know, that's, yep. it's for them. So, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Uh, but moving forward, as far as where we go from here, um, it, it is just, it's all about, you know, adding as many kids as we can. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, we plan to follow these kids all the way up through high school. Gosh. Uh, we, 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 there are other organizations out there who partner with kids to, um, 
to handle scholarships and things like that. I, you know, but apart from that, I think for us, the next level is more synergy with other organizations. How do we get skilled trades into these kids? Because not every kid's going to go to college. Sure. That's, that's, we don't do that here. Right. Why would they do that right. there? So that's kind of the next step is how do, how do we get them? Because we do have a program for some of the mothers of the students who uh, have learned a, you know, learned a trade. They've learned, they've actually taken literacy classes first because how are you going to build a business plan when you don't know how to sure. read and write? So, right. so we've had literacy. We've, you know, they've learned how to do weaving. They've learned how to do all these other skills. Um, and so we've had some experience with that, but that's, that's what's next on the horizon in my mind is yes, let's have the kids come in, but you can't just, dump them then, you know, out and, and say, oh, good, good luck uh, at that point. You, you need to have other avenues to get them up on their feet and running. That's a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Um, but again, sustainable. I mean, do you, do you have a sense that you are changing the culture? I mean, in, in a, again, there's a whole country to, obviously there's a whole country of <laughs> Ethiopia and, 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 and really, and just obviously, you know, just thinking about thinking about Africa as a whole and, and just the ongoing um, just, you know, uh, social upheaval and all the things that are go- have gone on within the continent. Um, but what would you say? I mean, if you were, if you were to say, okay, we've been in 10 years and you look, you go 10 years in the future mm-hmm. and you look back, what are you hoping? What are you really hoping to see? I mean, with, with like a con- like the concrete, sort of proof is in the pudding sort of thing. Mm-hmm. What is, what would you say your hope is for that? Yeah. I, one of my proudest things is that I get to, when we go there, they, they really don't know who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, right. Cause they shouldn't know who we yeah. are. I mean, yep. this is, this is, this is, this needs to be Ethiopian really. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I, I, one, I love that they don't, and I hope they still don't know who I am. Yep in 10 years. And so, and, and around that is my goal. My hope would be that this, that those who have graduated, those who have moved on, those who have are, are committed to, you know, bettering their community will turn around and, yeah. and make this a self-sustaining um, uh, program or, or school or, or system, whatever it is, um, whatever you want to call it. But, that would be ideal is that this becomes a community process that, that is, that is growing within itself and not needing that outside infusion. Yeah. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. So there's a, there's a sustainability obviously and all of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I just, I, I wonder, um, cause you've used the word hope a lot, of, a, a lot, and, and that, that being kind of a, a, a central thing, um, that you're, that you're hoping for, um, what are, I mean, on the ground there within, within the community, in which you're serving with, you know, that's being served right now through all of this. I mean, what are the big, obviously some kind of, you know, naturally thinking about where they're at, like natural challenges that are in front of them. But what do you see is, what do you see is the primary challenge that a lot of these families are, are facing? I mean, there's obviously poverty, but mm-hmm. then there's a lot of other things that kind of come out of that. Yeah. One of them is generational differences. You know, we see this even when we've been there visiting, we've seen moms pulling their kids in by the ear and saying this, you know, the kid's not listening to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, the kid, the yeah. kid has learned at school that, 
this is a healthier way to live. Mm -hmm. And so there is a lot of intergenerational learning and, and processing and, and figuring out that, okay, maybe this young whippersnapper knows what they're talking about. And, and so that's some of the push pull uh, just within mm-hmm. the family units, but also, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a country that's growing really quickly. you know, believe it or not, it, it, it is really growing quickly. My fear is that um, there will be a, a push out of this community into areas that will disrupt it to the point where it can't, there will be so much disruption that they will lose the continuity of the, mm. of this, you know, of the, of the benefit. And so that, that is a, that's a concern. Um, there was a, a, at one time there was talk of a ring road going in similar to 465 around Indianapolis. Okay. Um, and that was going to really come right through the community and really disrupt the community. And so that scattering once, once, once they leave the area, because there is a concern for that. And, and once they leave the area, you lose contact and you lose control over what you can do for them. So so that is that's probably one of the bigger bigger obstacles that we face. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's interesting to think about um, infrastructure development being a disruptive thing. Yeah, like we're we're you know we're always talking about like man, it'll just be better. We get one more road through here or or, or things like this. Um, and yet, uh, that's just it's a it's an it's an interesting challenge. And as like you say, as the uh, as the country develops, did you feel like you had to become? Uh, I was gonna say an Ethiopia expert, but like, <laughs> I mean, culture, you know, cultural knowledge, cultural understanding, these sort of things. Was that part of, of the learning process for you? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and really we, we actually took a class. Uh, I'm really grateful. So we have, so the, the first, um, area that we visited the first time was funded by a Swiss organization. So uh, we are in partnership. We do strategic meetings every year. Uh, I'm usually there in sometime in November where we sit down and we say, okay, what is the, what does the next year look like? What do the next three years look like? What does the next five years look like? What do the next five years look like? So we're, we're very much in tune with what are we expecting? What's coming down the road? Um, you know, we, we both are funding, you know, this Ethiopian nonprofit and, even though we're both funding it, we, we need to know, you know, how are our resources? Cause we try to utilize resources as well as we can. Um, so that's part of it, but also it, it is understanding the culture, understanding that generally speaking, they don't like confrontation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and Americans don't have a problem with confrontation. I found out that mm-hmm. the, the the Swiss group that we work with they have no problem with confrontation. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm an American. Yes, right. So so yeah. I mean, not only have we learned Ethiopian culture, we've learned Swiss culture as well because we're all a part of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, but again. This is an independent nonprofit, Ethiopian nonprofit, and we rely on. At a certain point, you have to say, "Okay, that maybe wouldn't be how I I would do it." Yep. But you are you're the experts on your culture. You're the experts on how this needs to be. You know how you can get things done, and it doesn't always get done the way that we expect it to. Yep. But you know what? They get it done. <laughs> and as you're saying, I mean Western culture, but as you're saying as the Swiss, like where where things where certain. Um, ideas about efficiency and and kind of like this is the best way to yeah. do it and there's kind of a, a mechanism there in place um every other place that i've been in in the world that are not western or european these these cultures like 
the value system is completely different in that yeah. in that way. Yes, much more relational, Very far far so. less transactional yes. in that in that in that kind of way. Yeah. Um. And so it just seems, uh, you know, I, I think part of part of that is I think the only way to learn is you. I mean, you do have to go and be with the people. You mm-hmm. you have to you have to hear from them. And have to realize that there is uh, more than one way to skin a cat, as there, they there as they say. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, just I, I, what I hear you just saying is, there's kind of like this humility index that has to be uh, very much so developed in all of it. Yeah, yeah, you really do because um, you know, even if we see the most efficient way to do something, if you were to try and do it that way in Ethiopia, it would be the least efficient way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. so you know. It, Everybody is really well intentioned. Yep. The Swiss are really well intentioned. They 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 want what's best. I want what's best. We're all trying to get there uh, as efficiently and economically as pos- as we can. Yep. And um, you know they they've been around. The, you know they were here way before I was. So uh, there's a lot of times where I'm I'm learning from them a yep. lot. And yep. so um, yeah yeah it's a it's a balance like anything else. It's really fascinating to be quite honest to try and bring all of these cultures together. And 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 we've been able to with a lot of grace, we've been able to make mm-hmm. it work really well. Are, are you more hopeful now? I mean, we look at the world sometimes and how people are or are not getting along. Um <laughs> you know, I think it can be kind of a, like if you, if you keep your if you if you if you don't turn your TV off frequently enough, it can be hard to remain remain optimistic about that. For you, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what is your perspective about people's ability across cross culturally and you know cross economically and all of that? What is your opinion for people to be able to come together and and reach good outcomes? I think if if you if you really really care about what you're trying to do. So I, obviously we really care about these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, what I think is best, you, you, you almost, that love of, uh, for them will make you much more deferential really mm-hmm. in how it has to be done. So that, that to me is, is really has to stay at the forefront. Uh, and there's times where, you're almost certain that you're right <laughs> and, and you want to impose your will on, on mm-hmm. it. And, and in the end, you have to also remember that if I win here, what, what are we really winning? Uh, even if it is what's best, what are we getting out of this? Is it, am I only going to be right? Is yeah. that it? Yeah. Um, and, and in the end, am I hurting their relationship? Mm-hmm. So it does, again it comes back to that efficiency and and you know what you may do something inefficient heaven forbid but you got there anyway and and really as long as we get there um you know that's i'd rather get there and all of us do it together than get there and us be you know walking away because well great we got here let's now i'm walking away i mean that's just not productive to me yeah Yeah. that's uh yeah i just but that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it, you come around. I mean, you just, in general, I just have this, uh, I have this sneaking suspicion that one day, um, you know, I don't know, at the end of my life or whatever, I'm just going to have this aha moment that, that I was just wrong about a lot of, you know, a lot of things, right? Like I was so, there was so, like, no, this is the way you do it. And, and you, and it's just like, 
but, but to your point, it's like um, being right and culturally, culturally right now, the cultural moment that we're in being right over being loving seems to be, uh, seems to be a thing that we're working through right now. It definitely is. And, you know, and there's dead, there's dead bodies literally and figuratively right. all over because of it. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I'm grateful that I've had that perspective of, of having to, to take a step back and say, okay, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. And um, a, a lot of times I, where I get frustrated is, is it feels like we're, we're really fighting over things that we don't need to fight about. Um, and that's where I get frustrated because there are bigger fish to fry. There are much, much bigger fish to fry. And I guess that's, you know, when you're, when you're trying to solve something like what we're trying to to help with in Ethiopia, and then you come home and and people are fighting about masks, (laughs) you kind of go, right. It's like, well, I I mean, okay. I I, I mean, you just, it doesn't, and I get that, you know, not everybody can have that and gets that perspective and, and hasn't been fortunate enough to have that like we have, but but yeah, it's it's it almost. <laughs> there's times where I have to step back and remember, not everybody has had right. that perspective. Yeah. So. Right, because you can, because I'm sure to some people you can seem really like, oh, Mister Africa over there. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> we get it. Yeah. They don't, houses with no floors, uh, you know, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, but the, but at the same at the same time, like, you know, having, I I think in general the more the more global a perspective we can have the more we can understand about the about the the world collectively and mm-hmm. and understand our our place within it um that's a net gain that's a, just a net gain right and right. um and yeah and and quite honestly yeah if you have if you have the opportunity to be able to connect with different cultures or to see life in a in a, in a different way i mean it, and i just think about you know, two years ago, uh, trip that we trip that we did to, uh, to Jamaica for, you know, we're building home, we're building homes for people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, building Jamaican building codes are not the same as they, <laughs> as they are here. And, but you know, I was leading a group of young people and all of this, whatever. And they're, they're having this, I just, you can see the wheels turning the hard realization that what the houses that we are building for these families so that these families can live together and are not, and are not separated the, these these homes are like condos to these people like these are like these are because they're be, they're being built with quality materials and everything but these kids are like wait they're this is what they're this is what they're living in and meanwhile the family that's right there working alongside of us is thrilled yeah right and the the perspective because it's like the thing that they're having here is exactly what they need it, it meets it meets all of their needs and where they are and whatever mm-hmm. and then you just start to be you it's just like well Okay, you know, all it took was a couple of days of hard labor and 108 degrees, and a little perspective, <laughs> a little perspective comes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. we we yeah. and we have to work for that perspective, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Here, yeah, um, and that's I, I have to work to remember that. Gosh, that next that next thing that I want, yeah, um, really, it, maybe that's not something that's that I should want. Yeah, um, and and so. Uh, we just get bombarded with it every day here, and so that's a whole nother yes. conversation. Yeah. But yep. that'll be that'll be when we have you back there, Darren. Um, just Darren, real quick, man. You know, we, we've been talking about this. What 
in the bigger kind of swing back around to the bigger, uh, uh, the bigger adoption piece. Mm-hmm. I, we've talked about this in the context of foster care uh, before too, but like, I think the church has a lot to say about this. I think about think about faith communities have a lot to offer this perspective um there it's a basically like on the side of even like some um with like the foster care dilemmas that are in it's it's been well established in many states that if if every church uh within a state population said okay we're gonna we're gonna take this many kids it would eliminate it would eliminate these crises like we could Mm -hmm. you know kids could be taken care of well fed educated loved cared for all, all of that is there from the uh, from your perspective, because obviously you guys partner with a lot of church, I mean a lot of faith communities, and a lot of mm-hmm. you have a lot of those conversations. Um, I'm sure you talk with a lot of you know a lot of pastors and other leaders um, as well. What what does the church need to be doing? What 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 do they what do they suck at? Let's just I, I can <laughs> I can hear and he doesn't want to say this because he's like uh. he goes I have donors I have to I have to take care of. Um, <laughs> What are we miss? What are faith communities missing out on? What uh, is there? What would be helpful in the perspective? Because um, mm-hmm. I just think, I think there's a lot. Uh, I think there's a lot that can be gained or better understood in those in those spheres. Yeah, I, 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 I'm careful about criticizing the church. I think there's a lot of really good people who are sure. really trying yeah, sure. to do what what is best and what they believe they're led led to do. And so uh, I'm not I, I don't, I'm not going to be the millennial that <laughs> yeah, throws yeah. the church under the bus. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but having said that, yes, yes, <laughs> um, I would say. It, it, my perspective of the church, and this is growing up in the church, this is now seeing the church somewhat change mm-hmm. in the yep. last uh, 10 years or so. I would say, um, I, I feel like there's a lot of effort of the church to try and meet people where they are. And I would say, especially with our generation, we don't, we're not, um, we're not impressed with you trying to be something that you're not. And so uh, we see through that in a yes. real big hurry. Yep. And mm-hmm. so I think, uh, if you are, if you go about your business and you do what you think is best, and and you're doing what what Jesus has called us to do, you're gonna get you're gonna get the attention you want. Right. It's not gonna be trying to make it um, comfortable. Mm-hmm. I really don't think it will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this kind of goes back to: Are we going to? Uh, say that the way that you're doing life is okay and, and we're just going to be a part of that life? Or are we going to tell you this is a better way of doing mm-hmm. life? Yep. yep. And so uh, I can tell you, I, I've never been happier than when I sold everything I had and had a mission in mind and I was going to go, you know, we were going to go do this thing. Nah. I'd never been happier. <laughs> Strange. It's like it's like Jesus said something about right. that somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, like in... <sighs> I mean, yeah, Darren, I just, and again, you know, been in pastoral work for, well, just long enough. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, the, the, um, we've said this on the show before here. I, I just am increasingly aware that the, the God, the God that we actually serve is one of comfort and safety. Uh, absolutely. In, in, in the Western, in the Western mm-hmm. church. And, nothing like to talk to to talk to christians outside of the global west they know nothing when it comes to their faith 
they know nothing of comfort and safety. Right. Like that is, it's not a, it's not like that's, that's not associated with like, Hey, follow Jesus and you'll have a, you'll have a, a health, you know, a safer and more comfortable <laughs> life. It, that's, that's not it. There's a cost. There's an absolute cost, right. you know, for, for most of them. Um, right. And, and I think if just part of it is just like, you know, Western Christians, it's like we, I mean, you know, Ethiopia, obviously it's, it's Christian history is about as old as we can like absolutely Coptic tradition and all of this. Like it is, right. it is old, old y'all like mm-hmm. real back there. Yeah. Um, if, if the church here saw those people as brother, as brothers and sisters connected, uh, you know, like they would their own, you know, like they were on, on here. I just wonder if that's also a helpful, a helpful perspective. Again, thinking globally about our connection, our responsibility, our, mm-hmm. I mean, right now in the United States, just as a side note, you can tell I'm getting on my high horse here. Andy, mm. and Andy's, Andy's looking <laughs> yeah. at the clock and he's like, Joel, <laughs> rein it in. Um, churches in the United States right now, roughly hold a little over $6 billion in real estate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That is being used one or maybe two days a week. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I'm and again, this is not a slam on where I'm where I'm sitting right now. By the way, but like for instance, you know, we're sitting in a seventy-one thousand square foot facility here, um, right? And the reason we're able to do this is the space is not used on the night that we were you know, on the night the nights that we re- or the, this time that we record. It is earlier in the day, but but basically, like most churches, Sunday mornings, maybe a midweek, and maybe you know, there's a few people. Uh, you know in on for a a Bible study on a Tuesday morning or whatever. I don't say that to be critical, but what I, what I do say is, I mean, we're in the lap of luxury globally speaking in that way. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not meeting in a basement waiting for the police to come in. Mm -hmm. Um, So just again, it just seems to me like perspective when it comes to organizations like yours and that are doing other great things all around the world. Um, it just seems to me that um, the church, the, the, the just could be a good education that the church could the church could receive if it, it was just willing. We don't we don't have to search far. I mean, all I have to do is click on your website to see what you know to see what's going on <laughs> to see how there can be partnerships and how there can be mm-hmm. um, real significant life life change for people. Yeah, um, I think you hit it on the head though because. Um, that comfort and safety, it's it's very tempting. It's it's a nat- it, it's very feels very natural. I mean, I like it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of comfort and safety. Yeah. yeah. My seats in my car are warmed. <laughs> like I hit a button. Like, come on. But I, I think what if, you know, what if that you know, I, I think we feel like we have to we have to cater to that. We have to we have to to hit what people want. You know, and, pe- and people want that lifestyle, want that life. What if you didn't what if you didn't even want that anymore? What if instead of I'll help you I'll help you find your American dream? What if I what if we found out that the American dream wasn't all it's cracked up to be? Yeah. What if what if there's a different way of living that where you don't even want that anymore? Yeah. And and you're fine without it. And so I, I think that I think that's the shift. I think that's the heart change that really changes things. Really changes things. 
Darren has just single-handedly secured his second appearance on the show. Um, we're gonna we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do our. He'll be when we do a theme on simplicity and essential. Be, and essential yeah, yeah. Be, it's it's well, there. Yeah. You know, Darren, we want to thank you for coming out tonight. Uh, you've said some amazing things, and and thank you. our listeners have got to know you a, a lot better. Uh, before we let you go, though, we have to do one oh, thing. Yeah. Yes. yes, it's the pop quiz. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for dudes and dads pop quiz. Oh, thank you, Aaron. I appreciate that, buddy. Um, so uh, let's see here. Darren, we're going to first off with the first question. Um, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? <laughs> this came up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no joke. My son asked me which superhero I would be the other night. Yeah. Um, so he, he prepared I, you for he this. Did. He did. He unwillingly, he did that. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I said Thor. I'm a Thor fan. Um, he's a Hulk fan. Um, man, I'd, I, I would really... I, because I've been on a hijacked airplane, I think I'd enjoy <laughs> yes, being true. able to fly. That's true. On my own. Yes. Is that fitting? <laughs> that seems, yeah. If this thing goes down, at least I know <laughs> right. I can grab my wife and fly to safety. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Apropos. Yeah. All right. So tell me the best thing that you've ever eaten in your life. <sighs> oh, man. That's a tough one. <laughs> you know, I have some very powerful sensory memory connections with Ethiopian food. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, sitting around uh, a community plate of injera with, with, you know, traditional Ethiopian food. uh, It's hard to beat that, especially in country when you're with friends and, and we've worked hard and we've, you know, we've, we've been together and, and we're sharing food. That's that's a great meal. And the thing about Ethiopian food, uh, when I was in my first two years in college up in Grand Rapids, there was a there was a little Ethiopian actually in Grand Rapids. They had this, this yeah, restaurant yeah. there, and uh-huh. we've been we actually went it, recently to a, maybe not the same it one, but could yeah. be it, yeah. it tastes like real food, Darren. Like, like, you <laughs> notice, like you're actually like what I am eating here. It's like I can almost sense the nutrients uh, yeah. in it. There's like a whole like just really like a wholesome a simple oh, wholesomeness to them. It's, it's very good for you. Yeah, um, and and, and Jera is gluten free, so it, it was kind of making a, it was making its rounds here yes. in the states, and so it's picking up popularity. Oh, so. that's good. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's it's, and you're right. And you're right again. It food. You're right. There's a when there's there a are memories when there are memories yeah. attached to it. Always good. Yeah. Uh, Darren, what's the last book you read? Oh man, um, I'm reading two books right now. Of course you are. I, I always have a stack. <laughs> yeah. so I, the two that I'm actually reading. Uh, one of them is Jerry Seinfeld's book. Uh, I think it's called "Is This Something?" Yes. Um, which has been fantastic. I got that's got to be on my list. <laughs> oh, man, I just got good. done re- reading uh, McConaughey the Green with Green I, Lights. I finished that too. Yeah, that was great that was book. that was my jam. That yep. was a great book. It was good. I, I blew through that. I think in a weekend. Yeah, it was, it's it's one of those reads yeah. where you're just like, oh, good story. Yep. Great book. Yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, I think get your life back but with John Eldridge. Okay. Um, as I've been kind of going through that too. It's similar to the Jewish thing. agnostic, uh, comedian, yeah. uh, and John Eldridge. <laughs> Way to mix it up, bro. Nice. <laughs> so what is one thing that you are good at that people do not know about? Oh man. Uh, I like to think that I actually won Jolene's heart with my dancing. Um, and okay. so that seems fair. I got, I got some rhythm. That's right. Uh, it's, <laughs> it seems not seems anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we sacrificed our rhythm for a lot of other things. I, I understand. Uh, Darren, do you remember the first CD you purchased with your own money? I do. Ooh. 
it's a it's a close tie. I, it was about the same time. It was either Bush, Machine Head. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Yes, or uh, or it was Green Day. Oh, what's the title? It's Dookie. Dookie, yes. Ninety four, I think. Ninety three or ninety four. I always I always get <laughs> I always get mixed up Dookie or Nuki. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fair I'm enough. Like, wait a minute, what was I, the title? I understand. Of that? I, I understand. <laughs> All right. So what is one thing that you want said about you at your funeral? Whew. Right. We like to go deep. You're having a good time with yeah, these. Then we go. I'm sorry, could you repeat real quick? What is one thing that you want said about you at your funeral? Man, oh man. Um, I just hope love and and hope is thrown around a lot. Um, yeah, I've thought about that. <laughs> Believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You don't have a near le- near death experience without yeah thinking about that. But yeah, I I, I hope that um, yeah I hope that love and hope are are talked about a lot and and that. Um, yeah, it's that's a, that's a heavy question. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this is a little bit lighter, but it's still reflective. Uh, if you had a time machine, is there anything you'd go back and you'd try again? You, where you're just like, either it was like that was so much fun, I want to do it again, or you're like, I totally, I just screwed that up royally, and I just like to get a redo. <laughs> so I I started writing back in probably 2009 or 10. I, I started writing, and I've been writing periodically here and there. I, I really. I think I would have given that a lot more of a go um, if I it, given the opportunity to, to pick that up again. So, I mean, you, the, whether it's you or it's you and Jolene, if a book does not come out, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably have to call you out on the carpet. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I have a deep sense of loss. Some of these that. things need, they need to be written down simply because I'm starting to forget them. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So. We are getting, we're getting around that time where it's like, <laughs> a, a fair, you know, a decent amount of life has happened. We get it. We get it. All right. Uh, yeah. Andy, you're going to ask this. Yeah, I'll, ask the, I'll ask the, you're going to ask the ba- It's a baseball question. I, I, that's right. You're okay I'll with the baseball it. question? I will okay. ask Go for the it. question. Go for it. Uh, who will win the world series in 2021? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wow. I really hope he's right. Here's the deal. If he's yeah. right, we'll go back at the end of this year and we'll be like, and Darren nailed it. Oh, man. I, you know, I, I always felt bad for Houston and, mm-hmm. and you know, and how mm-hmm. things ended up for them. Mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd love to see them be able to pull it off. Wow. But yeah. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm a Cubs fan. We go, we go to Wrigley. I, I love yes. the Cubs. Uh, but, you know, I, I just... You know, like to see you see you and you and have this whole thing about redeeming things. Yeah, you're just you're yeah. just like I want to see <laughs> that which has been broken and tossed <laughs> aside, brought back. I wanted I wanted the Bills in the Super Bowl. Yes, I wanted, you know I wanted yes. to see or I wanted Cleveland in the Super Bowl. Yes, you guys are terrible. <laughs> yep, yep. Chiefs fans, so sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm well now that we now that we have. Uh, now that we have Houston's uh, manager, uh, me being the Tigers fan that I am. Um, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, we're, we're not sure. We're not sure how we feel about it because it's like we believe this man will help us win, <laughs> but at what cost, right? Like what, what, what tarnish is coming to our beloved organization? Oh my well, goodness! Well, you passed. Yeah, way you to go, passed. Darren. Oh, Nicely done. Do we have? Do we? Do we have applause? We would you have a pad for that. We, we did at one point. Andy's uh, gonna Andy's gonna touch buttons until Wait, something happens. Yes. I don't. Yeah, hey, they nailed it. it. All right, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Darren, it has been 
a pleasure, my Thank friend, you. having you on. Same here. Uh, you are uh, you're you're on the hook now for uh, for next time around, and you're an official dudes and dads podcast alumnus. So yes, you are. Thank you. Way to go! I'll be here. Yeah, that's right, and uh, I'll I'll make sure of it. Uh, we um, guys, uh, listeners, in the show notes. W- we're going to have every bit of embarrassing pieces of information about Darren, his family, all that over at dudesanddadspodcast.com. So feel free to check that out. Uh, guys, we do appreciate the support. Yeah, we do. We, uh, we love feedback. Dudesanddadspodcast at gmail.com. Love to get a note from you or one of those fancy voicemail voice messages voice yeah. memos that voice and, notes voice notes whatever you want to send to whatever us you call it whatever it is uh guys uh just remember uh that uh, we're here for you you're here for us we're all on this beautiful journey together so until next time we do wish you grace and peace